1: For our beloved Chicago Bears, and uh, you'd think that uh, for a team that started one in five or one in six, I think one in five, something like that. Uh, oh yeah, one in five because we beat uh, we beat the Raiders week seven. But uh, yeah, so a team that started two and five uh, wouldn't be talking about uh, playoffs or meaningful football in mid December, but. Uh, the Bears are not completely out of the playoff race yet. We're not eliminated at this point. Uh, that's, uh, you know, a good and a bad thing for the NFC because a 5-8 and eight team that's only one game out of the playoff race uh, at this point is uh, not necessarily a good thing. But, uh, yeah, you know, not too bad because, you know, like I said, we keep winning, then the thing gets interesting. We'll talk about that here in News & Notes in just a moment. Um, but we got the Browns this weekend. We have to win this game if we want to have a chance in the last three. Because next Sunday we got the Cardinals at home. The following Sunday we got the Falcons at home. That's two dome teams coming to Chicago in December, in late December. That's won't be good for either uh, of them. So you know, or at least you wouldn't think it would be uh, anyway. And then we go up to Lambo to finish things off with the. Uh, with the Packers and with the Packers being the seven seed right now. And if the bears put themselves in this spot, that last game in Lambeau could be for the final seed in the NFC. Now, wouldn't that be something, you know, the bears eight and eight going into this thing with the playoffs on the line and uh, see what happens uh, from there. But uh, we got Thomas Stargell from the battle of Ohio podcast. Going to talk to us about the, about the Browns. And we talk about the AFC, playoff race and um, and everything we talk about the, the you know the bears and the uh, their their unique draft position uh, going into this offseason we had some technical difficulties so you'll hear a point in the interview where we switch from talking on the streamyard feed to uh, I call I just ended up calling him on the phone because I've uh, been having some issues with the internet down here uh, in the uh, in the basement i don 't know if it 's the weather or whatever the situation is we 're just not getting a great signal uh, down here, so uh, doing interviews has been rough the last couple of weeks but uh, you 'll definitely hear you 'll hear the uh, the hit sound uh, in there, and that will be the transition from he and I talking uh, on the, on the web to us talking on the uh, on the phone so just wanted to give you a a heads up on on what that noise meant and why all of a sudden the the, the conversation sounds different but thankfully it's still just an audio podcast uh, right now I haven't graduated to video just yet so um but it's like the streamyard link is the easiest way to hook up with people online these days for the interviews so i i just do that and record the audio so a little behind the scenes for you guys but uh, so you will. I just wanted to make you aware uh, of that, so you are not wondering what the hell that was. But we're having some in, some internet issues. You hear him, you know, kind of frazzle in and out for a, a couple of times, and then finally we make the transition over to the phone. I give up on the internet, and uh, you know, we switch over there. So, anyway, guys, lots of interesting things to talk about. Uh, we got our injury report, and the Browns are even more banged up than than we are, and our, our injury list only has six people on it theirs has 16 so uh yeah even though the Browns are eight and five and they look to be the favorites coming into this uh the Bears appear to be healthier and uh playing good football right now so who knows how this is going to break so let's go ahead and dive into it this is the week 15 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground so let's get to it Week fifteen, eight and five, uh, eight and five Browns, five and eight Bears uh, meeting up in Cleveland on Sunday. I'm excited for this game, man. I, I really want to know, uh, you know, how the Bears are going to, uh, how the Bears are going to get into this. How much the injuries are going to affect uh, the Browns? Uh, can Justin Fields shake off the nightmare that was his first regular season trip uh, to Cleveland? And uh, you know, can we get enough offense generated against this uh, top top rated defense uh, of Cleveland to to get the job done? It's it's all all lots of questions that the Bears uh, need to answer uh, this week and and answer uh, effectively if we want to still be talking about the Bears and their uh, waning playoff hopes uh, a week from now. You know, when we preview Bears Cardinals do we still want to be talking about our, our playoff hopes or are we just kind of like, yeah, maybe we should just uh, let these other games go so we can, you know, keep that top five pick or something stupid like that. Cause I want the bears to win, man. I don't want to wait all week long just to watch them lose again to hell with that. What am I a Panthers fan? So, (laughs) but, um, you know, let's go ahead and dive into the news and notes and, um, You know, unfortunate news coming out of Hallis Hall yesterday on Wednesday, and that is—or maybe it was Tuesday. But Yannick Ngakwe, um, you know, our pass rushing specialist uh, that you know kind of struggled early on, but really has kind of come on in the last few weeks, especially with the addition of Montez uh, Sweat. Is done for the season. Uh, Suffered an ankle injury against the uh, Lions at some point. I don't remember uh, when it was that that happened. Uh, Maybe it's because the Bears rotate their uh, pass rushers as much as they do a lot more than I would like, to be completely honest with you. But, you know, maybe that's why you didn't notice that Ngakwe wasn't out there uh, or anything, but he broke his ankle uh, against the Lions, and he is done uh for the season, finishes the season with, I think, four sacks uh, on the year, but he'd gotten two just in the last two weeks uh, against the Vikings and against the – uh and against the Lions. And and he was also doing a lot better job of getting pressure and quarterback hits and things like that uh, as well. It's amazing how much uh, Montez Sweat has benefited uh, the pass rush and just the defense. They're really, you know, feeding off of him and everything that he's been bringing uh, to the table. But, unfortunately, Yannick's uh, season uh, is done. Interested to see if the Bears will bring him back. You know, maybe they'll bring him back if he uh, – if he cuts his salary next season, the Bears got him for one year and ten million uh, this season. Maybe if he's somewhere in the seven or eight million range next season, maybe the Bears bring him back for an encore because uh, he and Montez Sweat I thought were a really good pair. But that's of course if the Bears don't end up using that second first round pick on a uh, on a pass rusher uh, in the draft uh, this year. So we'll see how it goes uh, with Ngakwe. I mean, this is a guy that waited until training camp to sign. Uh, with the team, probably because you know, as a as a veteran going into his eighth season um, this year, who wants to go through training camp if you don't have to, or go through the the off season, you know, nonsense if you don't have to. So he's a pass rusher. All he has to do is get around the edge or get to the quarterback. There's not a whole lot to learn uh, there. But uh, it's unfortunate that Yannick is done for the uh, for the season. Uh, really would have loved to have him for the stretch run here in the last month of the season. So speaking of the injury report, let's just go ahead and get that out of the uh, way. Uh, a couple of guys uh, banged up, but nowhere near as many as the uh, the Browns. Uh, Jaquan Brisker and uh, DJ Moore kind of headlined the, uh, the names on the list uh, this week. Brisker was limited yesterday on Wednesday with a groin injury, did not practice today on Thursday. So I would call that trending in the wrong direction uh, as far as that goes. Uh, Dylan Cole, one of our special teams linebackers, uh, was full participation today. Missed practice yesterday for personal reasons. Uh, DJ Moore, who was in and out of the game against Detroit on Sunday. uh, Turns out it was an ankle injury that he uh, suffered during the game. He didn't practice yesterday. Was limited today on Thursday, so that would be trending in the right direction. Maybe he'll be full go. uh, But I I don't have any worries about DJ Moore not playing on Sunday. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown that had the pectoral injury that kept him out of the game against the Lions uh, did not, has not practiced yet uh, this week with that pectoral injury. And here's your weekly uh, Mercedes Lewis rest uh, on Thursday. So he didn't practice today. And then Noah Sewell, the rookie uh, linebacker uh, brother of Penny Sewell, who we just beat this past Sunday out of Detroit. Uh, limited with that knee injury. So maybe he's uh, tweaked it or aggravated it a little bit. But that's it for us. Of course, Like I said, of course, Jaquan Brisker, DJ Moore, those are the starters in there. Uh, Jaquan trending down, DJ Moore trending up. So we'll see how that all shakes out after practice tomorrow or today, for those of you listening to this on Friday uh, and everything. The Browns, on the other hand, 14. Oh, I shorted them. There, I put too many. There's sixteen. I said sixteen. It's fourteen. Excuse me, but um, you know, starting guard Joel Batonio uh, is dealing with a knee injury. Amari Cooper has got ribs. Uh, Jordan Elliott, defensive tackle, dealing with concussion, hasn't practiced this week. Jerome Ford, um, and and Kareem Hunt, their top two. Running backs both limited in practice with various uh, injuries. Miles Garrett dealing with a shoulder injury, but he was full participation today. Uh, their tight end, David Njoku, dealing with a knee injury, has not practiced yet. Uh, Ogo, Ogbo Okoronko, uh defensive end, suffering a pectoral injury. He's, uh hasn't practiced yet. Uh, Ethan Pochich, their center with a stinger, hasn't practiced yet. You get the idea. Juan Thornhill, uh, starting free safety. Anthony Walker, middle linebacker, uh, limited this week. Denzel Ward, one of the best corners in the league, limited with a shoulder injury. And that's just the guys on the injured list. And that's not counting guys like uh, Grant Delpit, who just signed an extension with the Browns uh, going into last week's game against the Jaguars. He's on IR with a groin injury. He's basically done for the regular uh, for the regular season. So I mean it's uh that and that and of course you know Deshaun Watson, uh Nick Chubb, you know, and other guys of that ilk that are on injured reserve and done uh for the season and we're still playing against the team that uh beat the Jaguars uh last week and is you know has has a firm grasp on a playoff spot at the moment uh in second place in the AFC North behind the uh 10 and 3 Ravens who are number 1 in the AFC uh right now. So yeah, despite all of that, this is still a team that's uh got a firm grasp on a playoff spot and is uh looking to uh hang on to it with the Bears coming into town uh this weekend. So uh two more things before we move on to uh talking to Thomas uh, about the game. There was a a video posted online uh this week or today actually asking uh, tailgating Bear fans who they wanted the Bears to take with the novel, number one overall pick. And, and you know what? You know, uh, and of course, maybe there was uh, some editing or, or they didn't uh, didn't put everybody that they talked to in the video, but the video itself, there was a consensus, and it was not Caleb Williams. It wasn't Drake May or anybody else for that matter. It was Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver. So... You know, listen to your fans, uh, Ryan Poles and and, and uh, you know Kevin Warren and the guy and the decision makers, Ian Cunningham. If you're still our assistant GM during the draft this year, take the wide receiver, the 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 generational talent that everybody says is like the one can't miss prospect at wide receiver since Calvin Johnson. How about we take that guy and have him be on our team, uh, and everything? Let's keep Justin Fields, give him Marvin Harrison. Maybe throw in another offensive tackle, or go get that other that other pass rusher on the other side of Montez Sweat, and and let's keep rolling here. So uh, I would much rather prefer to do that. And according to this video, so would other Bear fans as well, because nobody was talking about quarterbacks in that video. It was all about Marvin Harrison Jr. and Come to Chicago, Marvin, you'll love it here, kind of thing. And and I fully concur uh, with that. So, and then last but not least. Um, I saw a, um, uh, I guess you would call it a meme or whatever, online of the Bears' uh, playoff scenario. And the playoff scenario is simple. Uh, number one, we have to win out. So we have to win the last four games of the regular season. we got this week we have Cleveland. Next week we got Arizona at home, then Atlanta at home, and then we finish in Lambeau with Green Bay. we got to win all four. That has to be done. Then the other things, and we need a lot of help here, but the other things that we need, we need the Vikings to lose three of the next four games. And here's the thing. Two of those three games are against, they haven't played the Lions yet. They played the Lions for the first time next weekend, the week 16, and then they finish with the Lions week 18. So they got the Bengals this Saturday at Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is, Uh, has gotten over the hangover of losing Joe Burrow. That Jake Browning quarterback of theirs is playing really well the last couple of weeks. And as we've seen, the Vikings, not so much. Um, So I was like, I I like the Bengals in that game, so that's good. Then they're playing the Lions. I like the Lions in that one. Then they have the rematch with Green Bay in Minnesota this time. That's 50-50. But then they have the Lions again. There is not there is not a bad chance of uh I would say it's about 50/50 the Lions excuse me the Vikings might lose all four. So let's go ahead and check that one off. I think we got a good shot at that one happening. The next step the the Rams and the Seahawks have to lose twice in the next four games. Uh so you got Seattle has Philadelphia. I think that's a loss. Tennessee, that's a win. Pittsburgh eh. I don't know. And then Arizona. So, yeah, I see two and two at least there. Um, I, I'd see two and two in those last four games for the Seahawks. So that's that's losing twice, so that helps us. Uh, then you got the Rams. They got the Commanders. Eh, they're going to win that game. Then you got the Saints. Oof. I didn't write down if that was at home or away, but, yeah. Then you got the Giants. <laughs> Not looking good. And then the 49ers, oh, thank God. Well, there's at least one loss there, but that's also week 18 when the 49ers might have everything locked up and they're not playing anybody uh, in that game, basically gifting it to the Rams. So that one, I don't like at all. Those, are all, those first three are all winnable for the Rams, and that fourth one might be a gift uh, from the 49ers uh, because they've got everything locked up and don't need to play. That last season, so that might be a hurdle we don't get. We don't get to clear. Then the last thing that needs to happen is that the other, the three teams in the NFC South, other than Carolina, so Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Atlanta, two of those three teams have to lose twice. So, and I love our chances here. Number one, because these three teams are a mess. Period. All three of them are six and seven right now. Tampa Bay is in first place because they just beat the Falcons for first place uh, this past Sunday. To go from five and seven and six and seven to take over first place, they play Green Bay this Sunday. Then they have Jacksonville, New Orleans, and Carolina. I see two losses there. Uh, they and I would I would actually say that Green Bay and Jacksonville are probably those losses. They beat New Orleans earlier this season in New Orleans, so I like their chances to beat them in Tampa Bay, and then uh, the you know Carolina. That's come on. Uh, New Orleans. They have the Giants this weekend, and they have the Rams, the Buccaneers, and the Falcons. And the beauty, the beautiful thing about this, about these teams needing to lose twice, is that these three teams are playing each other over the last four weeks. So you know, New Orleans is playing both Atlanta and Tampa Bay in this in the last four weeks. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely helpful so the Giants the Rams the Bucks and the Falcons are the last four games for the for the Saints the Saints have been the team that I can't figure out this season I have uh I've bet on them I bet against them and I've basically been like if I was keeping track of my win-loss record with the Saints I would have a losing record picking Saints games this year it's been that up and down uh for them and then finally Atlanta As Carolina this weekend. That's a win. Then you got Indy. I think I like the Colts in that one. Then you got us, the Bears. And, of course, I think the Bears will win that game. And then they have the Saints. So I think the odds of at least two of those teams losing twice are very good. I like our chances of Seattle losing at least two. I like our chances of the Vikings losing three of the next four because their schedule's kind of brutal here down the stretch. But it's like if we need the Rams to lose twice in the next four weeks, I don't like our odds. Because the Rams are, are starting to play a lot better, kind of like us. They're kind of trending upward and playing better football right now. And they've got the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants, and then a 49er team that might be taking the week off. So there's a very good chance the Rams might win all four of those games. So if that's a hurdle we have to clear, that's the one I'm most worried about as far as uh, – well, and then, of course, there's the Bears winning, you know, what, five in a row to end the season? Or six, actually, six in a row to, uh, to end because we we're three and eight when the, going into that um, Vikings game. We won that one. We won this past Sunday. So the Bears would have to win their last six games in order to – uh, be nine and eight and have an outside chance and need a ton of help to make the uh, playoffs so I would say that we're in like the one percent or less than one percent range for actually being able to make it but there's a scenario in which it can happen and to see where the season started to where it is now you can't exactly just cleanly write it off I mean it's you know stranger things have happened I mean hell our AFC counterpart would have to be the Broncos. They started off 1 and 5. They're one game out of first place right now. at 7 and 6. So, yeah. It's uh it's not out of possibility you can turn these things around. It is a long season. Maybe the Bears are figuring out. I know that means we'll probably have to hang on to Uberfluce uh for next season, but uh I don't know. We'll 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 have to wait and see uh on that, but that's the, the path that needs to be taken in order for the Bears to, to see postseason football uh, not likely to happen, but not out of the realm of possibility. So, Anyway, that will do it for our news and notes. Let's bring in our guest Thomas Stargell from the Battle of Ohio podcast to help us preview Bears-Browns week number 15. number 15 has our beloved Chicago Bears traveling out to Cleveland. Take on the Cleveland Browns who are at 8-5, sitting in the 5 seed right now in the uh, AFC playoff race and uh, here to help us uh, preview this matchup between the 8-5 and five Browns and our 5-8 and eight Bears from the Battle of Ohio podcast. It's Thomas Dargel. Thomas, welcome back, man. Thank you. I love being on your podcast, Larry. Thank you a lot,
0: man. I appreciate it.
1: So, Doing a, an NFL show this year, I've had a lot of chances to uh, watch and follow what the Browns have been doing uh, this year. And it's been quite of a, quite a turbulent kind of like up and down season, you know, for you guys <laughs> with, you know, sometimes there's the struggle uh, on offense and then it just seems like just when the offense was starting to figure it out and Deshaun was getting his uh, feet underneath him, the shoulder injury comes in and he's done – For the season, and it's almost like you're back to square one with DTR. Then he gets hurt, and Flacco was the quarterback the last couple of weeks and all that kind of stuff. Where does that sit right now? Who the Bears playing on Sunday? Are we playing Flacco, or is it going to be DTR?
0: Uh, It's going to be Flacco. You you guys, it's Flacco for the rest of the season. Uh, Flacco has proven himself to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy, actually, think about it. It, It's honestly crazy. Because,
1: uh, you know, last week's game against the, the Jaguars, uh, you know, the defense really stepped up. They got those three turnovers from, uh, from Trevor Lawrence. And I think you guys turned at least two of those into touchdowns uh, last week and, and, uh, and everything. And I was reading some really interesting uh, stats on the defense uh, this year. Number one overall in the league. Uh, right now, but of all the things that scare me the most, especially with the way that the bears struggle sometimes on offense was being number one on third down, only 29 percent, uh, conversion rate on third down, uh, for the Browns, which means that when you get them to third down, they don't get a, maybe a, a one in 10 or a three out of 10 chance of, uh, of actually converting, uh, to get a first down
0: yeah um especially at home our defense plays a lot better at home than they do out on the road um that home field advantage is definitely a factor here in Cleveland um that's the to be a yeah I'm hoping that the
1: uh that Justin Fields doesn't get flashbacks from his last uh regular season trip uh to Cleveland it was it was his first start ever in 2021 his first uh first start as a as a, as a quarterback of the Bears and uh Basically, Matt Nagy hung him out to dry uh, that yeah, week. Yeah, that was bad. Because uh, <laughs> Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney sacked him four times in the first half. They went into halftime, made zero halftime adjustments, and sacked him five more times in the second half. I think Garrett had half of those, like literally four and a half sacks in that game for a nine-sack game, and everybody in Chicago was just uh-huh. like, fire Nagy, now it's like what what the hell it's like did we just break our quarterback in one game did that just happen because those those are the kinds of games that quarterbacks never recover from you know it's like they see ghosts and they hear footsteps after a day like that i mean and it's amazing that justin fields two plus years later is is still you know uh plugging away and everything because that first game was an utter nightmare
0: yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 i not vaguely, I, I vividly remember that game. Actually, um, I was sitting in dog pile. Crowd was chanting Miles Garrett's name. Um, but as I remember, you guys had a lot of offensive line problems, and you know, there's actually more of a threat right now uh, with you guys going against you guys this week than it sure. would have been. Back then, um, considering the fact that although the Browns do have one of the more premier pass rushes in the league, we're pretty banged up right now. So yeah. I don't think that you guys would get as much pressure as I would have if y'all played this uh, about six or seven weeks ago, even two weeks ago. Yeah, was I was very banged uh, up right now.
1: I was looking at the injury list and let's see one, two, three, four, five, yeah. six, seven, eight, yeah. nine, 10, 11, yeah. 12, 13, 14, yeah. and that's just the guys on the roster. That's not counting who you've lost along the way uh, to injured reserve and other very – I mean, because you guys just lost Grant Delpit for at least four weeks, and he's not on this list because he's yeah. on he's on injured reserve. Amari Cooper, uh, well, I guess he just – it was more of a rest day yesterday with the ribs. Yeah, Cooper's fine. Yeah, Miles oh, Garrett was rested yesterday. Uh, and Joku hasn't practiced yet with a knee injury. Uh, God, that's concerning. <laughs> yeah, necessary. so but it's like like the the guys that I'm w- more wondering about are guys like Denzel Ward and uh, Kareem Hunt. Kareem was limited today with a gr- mm. groin injury. Denzel Ward missed a couple games and is still limited with his yeah. uh, shoulder injury. You know, it's like speaking of DJ Moore, if Denzel Ward's not playing, that's that's just better for us if uh, one of the best corners in the league is uh, taking the week off.
0: Um yeah, but yeah, I mean, Greg Newsome and the Browns defense one thing about the Browns defense is very versatile. Um we have had injuries on the defense all year, but we just have depth on every single position. Especially in the secondary. Um although Denzel Ward's been limited, we've been getting great production out of um Margaret Emerson and Greg Newsom. Um Denzel Ward hasn't played in I believe three weeks. Mm-hmm. Four weeks probably. So he's probably co- coming closer. He's probably coming closer to plan than not plan. So hopefully we do get Denzel award. Um, I don't want to see DJ Moore on um, on Newsom. How tall is DJ Moore exactly?
1: I don't think he's very tall at all. Maybe six six one. He's he's not a tall. guy. Okay. He's not one of those super long guys. He's just, he's actually okay. pretty. He's pretty stocky. Uh, yeah, okay, I we play. Think. We play good against those guys.
0: Okay, yeah, okay, nah, okay. I can, I can exhale. I can
1: exhale. Yeah, he, but he's, <laughs> uh, he's like the king of 50-50 balls. So watch out for that. Uh, yeah, I mean that's Sunday. fine. But you
0: know, I mean it's just that Corbin Sutton just. Just, just had like if you watch the game against the Broncos, the Broncos and the Browns, it, it's like none of the other receivers did good, but Courtin Sutton. and he just, he just outman Greg Newsome. He just outman him. He just took his masculinity and he was like, "Hey, give me that," and then just stiff on him. It was just, it was like Wilson didn't have a good game, but. Court of Sutton did and it's, just, it's just it's just sucking for the browns with course Sutton. <laughs> yeah that was a
1: that was a rough game for you guys the uh that, was a rough game. that broncos uh game i didn't uh didn't quite see it going that way and you know dtr struggling the way that he did uh on offense <sighs> yeah. um was that the one where
0: he got Double knocked G-shot out sir. yeah yeah he got yeah, knocked out of that I- game you know that was weird. You know, you know what's funny about that game, and I, I know it's not definitely do with us, but um, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest Sean Payton fan, um, partially because when I was growing up, um, the Saints thing, the Saints thing happened where he was, um, where there was targeting players. And did. like when I was watch- yeah, when I was watching that game, there was a lot of um, the Broncos had three personal foul penalties on them for hits, and it was like. All every single one of them, it was weird seeing how the refs reacted to those hits, and and like the part the uh, DTR hit was one of them, and but I remember one they hit they hit Cooper from behind. It was a late hit, and then the ref I remember the refs they looked at each other talking, and one of the ref if I read his lips correctly can't one hundred percent confirm this, but it sounded it looked like he said I know what I seen and that wasn't good. And and like he said it like three times. I know what I seen. I know what I seen. That's why I look. That's what that's what it looked like to me. What he was saying. And then the DTR hit happened like twenty minutes later, and it was just like I don't know, man. It's just like right to me. There's something about it. But you know, Sean Payton in Denver, you know, and Sean Payton got a history of that. But that's not here or there. That's not here or there. Though I, I do have a soft spot for the Bears, um, my father, big Bears fan, I'm going to the game this weekend. Uh, and um, it's kind of a tradition of ours. Anytime the Bears or the Browns play, we go. And um, I actually got a lot of great things to say about the Bears. Okay. Um, so I actually came in prepared for this, and I actually been thinking about this a lot. I think the Bears are in the greatest position. Um, it's okay, that I said that you guys are still kind of rebuilding. In a way, I know you guys don't want to hear that, but uh, like so, all right, I think you guys are in the best position to build a football team right now yeah. because y'all have a lot of talent, y'all have a lot of young talent, um, but also, you know, your quarterback situation isn't Justin Fields. You guys got so many draft picks. Your quarterback situation is really Justin Fields. Caleb Williams, or that boy out in Washington. You guys got a lot of options here. So if you think, huh, we got a chance to get Caleb Williams, we think that he might be a better long-term option than Justin Fields, you can trade Fields for, pick, or for not picks, sorry, picks or players. Build around your roster, draft Caleb Williams, keep that big contract farther and farther away and you have a quarterback that could grow with with um with um with more who I think is one of the great young receivers in this league. I think if y'all manage as well, the Bears are going to be good, it's going to be a great team for your to Yeah, the the Bears
1: are are in an interesting uh in a great position, I should say. Ryan Poles has done a really great job uh of setting the Bears up for the uh for the future and, and has a uh a really unique opportunity to, you know, to continue to pump young talent into the organization, especially if we we trade the number one pick like we did last year. And this year's number one mm-hmm. pick will be even more expensive than last year's was when it was when the top of the draft was either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. This year it could be Caleb Williams, it could be Drake May. Uh, you know, uh, Penix from Washington. Uh, I don't know if he's getting number one overall talk, but, you know, he's out there. That kid Jaden Daniels yeah. just won the Heisman uh, and everything. So that number one pick could be extremely valuable because people are trying to jump up to get the guy that they want uh, out, of, out of the bunch and everything. And we still don't know how the, uh, like, the workouts and the combine and all that stuff is going to affect – the, uh, the draft position because if you remember in 2021 when Fields uh, was coming out of Ohio State, day one after this college football season ended, he was the number two overall pick going to the Jets. And then somehow mm-hmm. during the process, Zach Wilson came out of nowhere and he became the number two guy out of uh, Jacksonville. And suddenly uh, there was Justin Fields sitting at 11, the fourth quarterback taken off of the board. Uh, when the Bears were picking, that was at the start of the off season. That was not supposed to happen, but there it was, and and you know there it happened, uh, and everything. So we don't know how the off season might change uh, how this is going to go. But I would prefer that Fields uh, stay uh, as the uh, yeah. the quarterback. I mean, I love what I'm seeing now, especially since Fields is uh, you know really kind of after that the struggles in the first month of the season. He's really started. Uh, to come on, even with the, the, the four weeks that he was out with the thumb injury, he comes back against the Lions, and he looks good. He looked good last weekend against the Detroit and eliminated the turnovers uh, on top of it. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to keep doing that and keep building around him, throw a, throw a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. into the mix, and him and DJ Moore and Cole Komet uh, as, as the three-headed monster uh, to throw passes to. It's like I... I would much rather have that than than starting over with uh, Caleb Williams. It's like I'm not a general manager, so I don't care about the salary cap or starting over with a rookie contract or anything like that. I'd much rather mm-hmm. stay the course and go with uh, Justin Fields. And ask any one of our Bear alumni who are you know in media and chiming in, every one of them says the same thing: stick with Fields, keep going with him, build around, keep adding talent to that you know and the the thing that's really great about it is that with the way that polls is setting this thing up and uh you know with with all the extra picks and and things like that that he's been uh getting is that we can keep building and god forbid if at the end of the 50 year option for fields things still aren't where they need to be then we'll have that team built up that you plug a quarterback into that you know, then you're, you're able to hit the ground running with a rookie quarterback as opposed to what the Panthers just did, which was selling off your future to get your quarterback, and then you got nobody <laughs> to go around him. You know, you got no one yeah. around him, and, now, and you have no draft picks for the next couple years uh, to try to build your football team with. So uh, I'd much rather be in the position that the Bears are in. Uh, I'm happy with Fields, and I'm hoping that these next few games he can – Put to bed any doubt about whether or not he should be our guy uh, going forward. So,
0: you know, you know, he's been playing very well lately. You know, you know, I've been very. I'm not. I'm not knocking Fields at all, actually. You know, and here's the thing. Here's the thing about Carolina. People always get Browns crap for their trade for Watson. Uh, you know, at least Watson eight and four as a Cleveland Brown. You know, I mean, look, rocky at times. He eight and four. Um, I wish he would slide more instead of taking hits, but that's not here or there. But uh Carolina made a much, 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 much worse trade. Because like you said, if Fields um look good, this year's number one pick is worth ten times more than last year's number one pick. Right. Um so, there's so many great quarterbacks in this draft. So if fields look good this year, or even if he just buys you another year, mm-hmm. then you know, why not? package uh, that number one pick and give pleasure of first round picks for the next couple years. because people are going to trade the farm for that number one pick. People want Caleb Williams yeah. or that quarterback out of Washington. You guys are in, like I said, you guys are in the greatest position to ever be in to rebuild because y'all have great assets now to build around. And, Y'all got draft draft capital like a b word.
1: Am I allowed to cut in your podcast? I don't care, man. Go for it. Why not? Y'all got draft capital
0: like a bitch, man. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> like, 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 it, like. I'm really jealous. Like I said, I, I got nothing but positive things to say about the um, about the Bears. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, you guys. You know, I you know I'm a Browns fan, so like we recently went through this. Um, Except for we had kinda of like a harder stretch obviously. Yeah. But we went 0 sixteen or right. we went one and fifteen and back then our our um our uh our general manager um stacked up draft capital. I, I believe it was Tashi Brown if my, if my um memory serves me correctly. But we turned that draft capital and the Baker Mayfield, obviously, he was up and down. But we turned to Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, David Nujoku, Denzel Ward. Literally, all the players who are making plays for us to the point where we're like, Well, we have all these pieces around us. We can trade future draft picks to get a quarterback um, who ended up being injured, and we ended up with Joe Flacco on that that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just from my past experience, first round picks, having a plasma of first round picks comes back and helps you because so you got to get. Y'all version of Denzel Ward or y'all version of Miles Jarrett or y'all version of whoever, you never know who comes out in this draft. You said Marvin Williams, you said Marvin Williams from Ohio state, man, if you get Marvin Williams, Justin Fields and DJ Moore, man, y'all going to be nice. Yeah. That's a young core.
1: When, when I heard about the trade for, for number one, um, you know, it's like, oh, that's cool. We got two ones, two twos, and then DJ Moore. That's where I got excited, because two ones, mm-hmm. two twos, those picks may work out. They are now all we get is more chances in the draft to get you know guys at the higher end uh, of the draft board. When when I saw the DJ Moore was the throw in there, I was like, oh, that's where Carolina messed up, because <laughs> they just sold their best their best player. Uh, for Bryce Young because i mean yeah. all cuz all i've heard in their 1 in 12 struggles this season is how Bryce Young has nobody to throw the ball to it's like Adam yeah. Thielen for all of his you know he's a he's a veteran he's a stud he can still get it done even though he's in the twilight of his career now but he's not DJ Moore that's that's winning 50-50 balls that's getting open that is dangerous in the open field if you get that guy yeah. you know He's that guy you can throw that three-yard out to and then he can get 12 yards for a first down kind of guy. You know, he's that one that will keep fighting for that extra yard and then break through a tackle and and get the the first down uh, and everything. It's like, that's a guy that a rookie quarterback needs. And Ryan Poles insisted, if we're doing this, I want DJ Moore. My quarterback needs a number one receiver. And they were like, okay, we want the quarterback so bad, we'll sell that number one receiver. And they've probably regretted that. (laughs) Every moment since then, like because they've literally they didn't get anybody else in, in the draft to be a wide receiver uh, or anything like that. And it just didn't uh, it did not work out. And Frank Reich turned out not to be the right guy. They fire him uh, midseason and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just and then, of course, the rumors about how Reich and, and uh, the coaching staff wanted C.J. Stroud instead uh, of Bryce Young. And it was the owner <laughs> who made them take him uh, and everything It's like, man. It is a mess out there in Carolina and they got to hire somebody else this year or at the end of the season. So, yeah, it's it's uh it's ugly uh, out there, but yeah. it's like Poles played this he played this so perfect and he's got the Bears set up to to just keep adding these young studs, not just keep adding bodies, but to add first round picks, second round picks and so he gets multiple shots at the, you know, the higher end uh, of the draft board. So he's he's done an outstanding uh, you know, job, and no matter how this season goes, the the one person I am sure that's coming back next year is uh, Ryan Poles. I I just think he's done too well, and we've seen too much from the guys that he's brought in for him to not be the one that survives.
0: Wow, I am not gonna lie. Uh, I am uh, somebody who uh, my favorite position in football, NFL, is receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, the position I played in high school and everything, I love it. And you talk about DJ Moore like that. I'm literally gushing because I'm I cannot wait to see him play on Sunday. <laughs> I really can't wait to see him. like dude, I like I said this before before we started. Like I, I've won a lot of money betting on DJ Moore this season. <laughs> I have I have. Like do I do I love that guy. Like he he's is awesome. like like we haven't had a great receiver of Cleveland since Josh Boredom. I mean Cooper, you nice. Cooper's nice, he's he's nice, he's solid. He he he's solid but you know yeah, you know I mean like DJ Moore though he's a true man that boy is a true I can't wait to see him play on Sunday. I can't wait to see him play on Sunday man god he's nice. So we mentioned I'm it, uh
1: we mentioned at the top that it's kind of been an up and down year for you guys and now I've got the schedule uh in front of me. You you start with the with the win over Cincinnati. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you beat up on 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 uh on Burrow and, and the and the Bengals and you know, mm-hmm. had, had Jamar Chase in in the in the in the locker room afterwards, like, man, we just lost to some elves, man. I can't believe we just <laughs> lost to these elves. You know. And then on on Monday night the following week, that's when you guys uh lose Nick Chubb to that crazy uh knee injury. Thankfully it wasn't as serious as they initially Thought it was to the point where you will get him back next year, as opposed to wondering mm-hmm. whether or not that knee injury was was uh, career ending, uh, especially since mm-hmm. he's been through something like that before uh, in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, the thing about that Pittsburgh game was that it was it was the offense that let you down, but not because the offense couldn't score, but because they gave two touchdowns to the Steelers defense. In that yeah. you had a pick six earlier in the game, and then the the game winner was a strip sack from T.J. Watt yeah. running it in for a touchdown. If not for that, the defense did its job, holding the Steelers to what twelve points or something uh, yeah. like that. But it was the yeah. offense and their mistakes that let you down there. But you rebound by destroying Tennessee uh, the week after. Then you have yeah. that game uh, in Baltimore, in. Was what happened in this in the Baltimore game because that was the one where it's like you guys it basically allowed like 18 points on the entire season, and then Lamar Jackson comes in, he runs for two and throws for two, and the offense is nothing 28 to three. Uh, you guys lose that game,
0: you know? Okay, that (laughs) dang, it's crazy you say that because I'm having a crazy (laughs) flash. That game was crazy. So uh, that was the game where we started, where we first started to realize that Watson was injured. Um, and it's actually crazy looking back on it because uh, Watson was hurt he hurt himself during the um tight, he hurt himself during the originally during the Titans game, right? Um, and so we didn't know about it. They kind of the, um, the team kind of kept it hush hush. Uh, you know, I mean, it was just weird. It was very weird. Um, the handling of the injuries just was bad in the first place anyway, but he was hurt. Um, he couldn't lift his arm above his head at all. And so they was like, oh, it's just a strain. It'll be okay. It's whatever. And like, they kept it really, really secret. And it was like, all right, Watson, if you could throw the ball on, um, on a uh, Sunday then you could play. He couldn't throw the ball five yards. Uh, so it was just like, you know, you can't go. You know, so he's like, you can't go. Uh, people in the city thought he was taking his injury. He was um, trying to take his money and leave. That, that's a real thing that people have been saying, that he's taking his injury. Um, it's not factual at all. He was seriously hurt um, before the Ravens game. Um, so he didn't play because he was hurt. And then the next game against the Colts, if my memory serving me correctly.
1: Oh no, wait, who no. Wait, wait who who do you play next? Well you you played Baltimore and and you're reminding me that was the game that DTR started, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, DTR okay. started his first game in the he, game. He's he knew that.
1: I remember now because that was the one where he found out at like breakfast on Sunday morning that he was yeah, starting. Yeah, like he said twenty minutes twenty minutes before kickoff
0: or forty five minutes before kickoff when he figured out that he was starting.
1: Yeah. So you had the bye week after that. Then you had mm-hmm. the then you throw PJ Walker in there and he helps you beat the forty ers Uh then yeah, that was a crazy game. Yeah. Then <laughs> you go to uh Indianapolis and that was the game where uh where there was a bunch of controversy at the end about this was a pass interference call, no it wasn't. The referees got yeah. more credit for getting the uh the Browns the win than, than you know, than the Browns did and and, and all that kind of uh uh, stuff, but you know it was a crazy finish—the thirty-eight, thirty-nine, thirty-nine, thirty-eight win uh, for the Browns in that one. Was that the game where Watson came back and then like he left with a concussion? Could have come back and then didn't. Wasn't that the indie game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came
0: in, he came in, and then he played like he did. He had fourth row that game, and on the fourth row he got hit, and then Kevin was like, "Dude, sit, sit your ass now. You're you're not healthy." Um, yeah, I think, you know, you know, you know, I was talking to Cal about this. Um, I think the only reason why Washington played that game was because of the enormous amount of pressure that he was under to prove himself that he, that he's still the quarterback. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think that that's the whole layer of it. And like, I, you know, you know, you might see my tweet, uh, but you know what I mean? Like I've been going back and forth with a lot of team fans about this. And I have that, seen like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know it, it's frustrating. Some some of the stuff that I guess my problem is is that I guess my problem with it is that there's certain things that you can not go after him after, mm-hmm. but like sometimes people are so mean to him; it's literally unfair. And I thought that when he was hurt, I thought people was unfair to his injury, and I felt like he only came back. I don't think he would have came back and played that Colt game if it was just, if it was a regular situation. But I think that he felt so overwhelmed to prove himself that he came back early to try and test out that shoulder. And I don't think
1: that shoulder was ready. Right. So after the the Indy game, P.J. Walker finishes mm-hmm. that one. You go to Seattle, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a last-minute touchdown. You guys lost uh, that one. But in Seattle... Not many people win football yeah. games in Seattle. It's a very tough place uh, to win yeah, football games. Yeah. But after that, yeah. you're on a three-game winning streak. You beat Arizona 27-0 the following week. And then that crazy game uh, in the rematch with the the Ravens in Baltimore. Personally, I didn't give you all a snowball's chance in hell of winning that one. The Ravens, <laughs> the Ravens had just come off of, like, beating up on the uh, – the Lions the week before or something like that, you know, beat them 37 to six or whatever that was. And, you know, they get out to an early lead. I was like, well, this is going according to the script as far as I'm uh, concerned. And then I come back and find out, (laughs) oh, yeah, the Browns won that game. I was like, wait, what? They won? It's like, you know, because the few portions of that game that I was watching is like they were really giving it to you guys. And then turns around, you know, Deshaun Watson busted shoulder and all uh, you know, rallies you guys to, to get that last field goal from Hopkins at the game winner. And that was a crazy week because that was one of six games that won yeah. with a field goal literally at the last second. Six games ended that way, yeah. uh, that week. And that was, uh, and that was one of them. And then, of course, the announcement Monday morning, oh, uh, Watson's done for the season because, you know, that shoulder that he threw those touchdown passes on. Like, yeah, that thing needs surgery like now. So he's done. He's done for the year, and uh, you know he played on that busted shoulder, uh, you know, and helped us get a win over the uh, over the Ravens, which this year has been really hard to do. In thirteen games, only three teams have beaten uh, the Ravens, and you guys were one of them.
0: Yeah, um, don't don't tell don't tell the fans that that he did that because they don't believe that happened. Um, you know what's crazy about that? No, no, you know what's crazy about that game it was like somebody like me who has defended Watson his whole year. I finally felt relief. I was like, yes, he arrived. Now right. everybody just shut the hell up, you know. And then he's out for the season. He's just like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> it was like the biggest like gut punch in the world. Like man, man, that, that, took, that took the air out of
1: everything. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what like the bear equivalent would be. Like you know, yay, we finally got him back, only for him to to get hurt. I'm I'm sure that there's there's a, an example or two that I'm thinking that I'm uh, not thinking of right now. But but I get. I get what you're you're – I mean, actually, we can even, you know, take it back a few weeks uh, this season. Justin Fields, number one, has that great game against the uh, Broncos, but the defense kind of lets us down, collapses in the fourth quarter. We lose that game. But he comes back the following week. And talk about winning money off DJ Moore. How about eight catches for 230 yards and three touchdowns against (laughs) the uh, Commanders? You probably won big money. That week, that, but, that was the game. That yeah. was the game
0: I won big money. That was the game. Yeah, that and, was the game. Yeah. You know, and then that Fields, the
1: <laughs> Fields had four touchdowns and no picks in that one. Yeah. And then the following week against the Vikings, he suffers that thumb injury and he's out for a month. And that, this was, yeah. and this was during the portion of the schedule that I was looking forward to, especially with the way that the year started. Uh, for the Bears, how bad they struggled. We didn't have a healthy – we had in like the first seven games six different starting offensive lines. I mean, we're constantly shuffling guys in and out for injuries and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And now we're finally uh-huh. getting the offensive line stabilized and he goes down uh, and, and we've got these games that were winnable. And we went like two and four in this six-game stretch that I was looking forward to. And I would really love to know – if we had a healthy Justin Fields, what does that portion of the season look like? Because they were what I called winnable games. There was this portion between, like, starting with that Vikings game and ending with the, uh, that game before the first Lions game. There was, like, five games in there that were winnable. I, I wasn't saying flat out the Bears are going to win. I was like, well, we have a chance against these teams to do well and in that stretch, we went two and four because we had an undrafted rookie quarterback starting for us uh, during that time. So it was, uh, I would love to know what that would look like if Fields was healthy uh, all that time, what kind of position the Bears would be in right now uh, if he was uh, if he was out there uh, and everything. But he's come back and he's, you know, he's doing well now and the Bears aren't out of it yet. We we, we need to win every game and get a lot of help, but uh you know, at least there's some kind of hope uh, at this point of the season. The Bears, first time in a long time, are playing meaningful games uh in December. So I can't complain too much, I guess.
0: Oh, I beat the Lions last week. I did beat the
1: Lions last week. Yeah, we did. I did win last week, yeah. Um hmm. so but that first game against the Lions, that was his first game back. Um and yeah. I was terrified of what that might look like just because you know, the week before, we'd struggled against the Panthers. The worst team in the league, we struggled to score 16 points against that team uh, and everything. I was like, what's it going to look like when we play the Lions in Detroit? Are you kidding me? Right now, I was like, I don't want Fields coming back for this game. He had practiced before the Carolina game. I want him to start against the Panthers. He can make mistakes and knock the rust off against the Panthers. I don't want him going in there against the Lions. He makes a mistake against the Lions. that could hurt, That could end the game for us. You know, it's like we might not be able to recover from the mistake that gets made because he hasn't played in a month. But he played like a champ, and, uh, you know, that was Iberflus that let us down uh, in that one. But, uh, you know, he beat the Vikings the following week. We beat the Lions in the rematch this past Sunday. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what could happen against the, uh, the Browns
0: on Sunday. Yeah, you know, I mean, the Browns are very vulnerable right now with their injuries. Uh, you know, you know, Fields, you know, he's a gamer, man. I, I remember, um, his performance against Clemson that year in the, um, what was that, the Orange Bowl? You know, it he, was the he Sugar Bowl. you know, he, the Sugar, Sugar Bowl, yeah, yeah. He got, yeah, he, um, he has he this thing where he got this, like, man, like, I can't explain it. Anybody who's ever an athlete knows it. But, like, certain athletes have this, like, gear
1: yeah. where they get in the
0: zone, and they're just locked in. And, like, certain athletes have it, certain athletes don't. But he has that gear where he gets, like, locked in. And when he wants something bad enough, he just he kind of goes, like, I don't know, use Dragon Ball D terms, Super Stan. <laughs> <laughs> Like, 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 Justin Douglas Fields has that gear, man. I mean, sometimes he finds it, sometimes he don't. Um, he's a younger quarterback, so sometimes it's harder for young quarterbacks to find that gear. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, when he's locked in, Justin Fields feels the Um And, like, I mean that because, like, cause like, he can throw that ball, but he's just as athletic as young Lamar Jackson. Oh, sure. So, so if you have – you know, one thing about young Lamar Jackson is Lamar couldn't consistently throw an accurate ball. Justin Fields could throw an accurate ball. Right. Especially when he's in his zone. And when he's throwing like that, it's almost impossible to guard. And um, I kind of want to, you know, if he gets to that level again, y'all will beat us. Yeah. Like, all seriousness, y'all will beat us, especially with a depleted. Um, our secondary is fine, but there's not going to be, like I said, there's not going to be as much pressure on Justin Fields as you think it would be, considering the fact that Miles Garrett is banged up. Um, and we got some injuries on our defensive line. So, excuse me, there might be vulnerability there against the Browns. You guys did just beat the Lions who, in their own respect is a very good team. Even though they are a division rival, they are a very good team. You guys beat a great team last week. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I could you know, I mean, this is the hardest game I got left. So y'all beat us, you know, y'all might be able to, on back into the NFC the NFC is not really that great.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what yeah. I've been uh that's what I've been saying for the last few weeks. I mean, it's been crazy watching uh how it's been going down this year in the uh in the NFL. It's like it's seemingly from the beginning in the NFC it's always been the Cowboys, the Eagles, the 49ers, and everybody else is, you know, fighting for yeah. you know, for their yeah. own uh, playoff spots. The NFC South is an absolute mess. They have a losing team in first place uh, right now, <laughs> but it's like in the NFC because of what's been going on. You kind of have this logjam now because the seven seed is Green Bay. They're six and seven, and then there are four other six and seven teams right behind them, with the Bears at five and eight just behind them. Now we, like I said, we need a lot of help in order to get into. Uh, the playoff race, but like you just said, if, if we can get past the Browns this weekend, we got Arizona and Atlanta at home outside in December. We got these two Southern slash Western Dome teams coming to Soldier Field in the butthole of December. That's not going to be pretty for either one uh, of those teams. And then we have our rematch with the Packers in Lambeau to close up the... Season is like if things go right or if things go well, I should say that game could be for the last playoff spot in the NFC because
0: that is insane, man. Like, yeah. like, like, AFC is just like the AFC is just a bloodbath, yeah. And, yeah. And it, it, it's so crazy because, like, it's just like the AFC. like I guess the other thing that's really a season to me is the best two season league are in the NFC, but like. <laughs> like, like, like you, know, you know, you're like, man, nobody's better than the 49ers and the Eagles. And honestly, the Cowboys, the way they're playing. Yeah. But, like, the AFCs have all of the good teams. Like, like they're not, like, juggernauts in the AFC, but there are a lot of very good teams in AFC. Right. Why the NFC is just a whole bunch of bad teams and, these three good teams and right. some mediocre teams, and some above average teams. Yeah, I mean, the, it's great for y'all. Yeah, <laughs> the, the AFC is
1: the stronger uh, conference, top to bottom. Uh, the The NFC is very top heavy, and yeah. uh, you know the there we have the the cream at the top, and then everything else uh, kind of uh, underneath them. But it's like the, the what's been interesting to watch in the AFC is the the logjam that there is right now underneath you guys at five, you're eight and five. You're the five seed right now, but underneath you is Pittsburgh and Indianapolis at seven and six. And then like, Mm -hmm. like three or four more teams at seven and six right underneath them. So it's like, there is no margin of error right now in the AFC. You know, you, you have to keep winning if you want to stay in the conversation, and if you want to you know make up some ground like this weekend somebody's going to lose a spot because Indy and Pittsburgh are playing each other this weekend. So somebody is going to take a hit there which could leave a team like the Texans or the Bills or the Bengals to jump up ahead of them to get back into the uh, into the 6th or 7th seed back into the into the playoff race. It's been the one really interesting aspect of like the last Month is kind of watching the AFC kind of meet itself in the middle because before you had the Chiefs, you had the Dolphins, they were, you know, and the Ravens that were kind of, you know, sitting at the top here with their really great records. But now the Chiefs have lost like three out of their last four. They're eight and five right now. If the season ends today, the Chiefs are a wild card team. When was the last time
0: that happened? Yeah, dude, this is love football.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's Don't just, do. I do, man. I really, really do. And, you know, but it's right. just been crazy watching this all unfold, and we still got a month left to go. So much could happen, and the way that the AFC and NFC playoff picture looks right now could be completely different uh, a month from now. These teams that are clinging to playoff berths, they, they lose a game, they're going to fall right out of it and open the door for somebody else. Uh, to come in. So I mean, it's it's gonna get real exciting, uh, in this last month, especially with so many people kind of stuck in the middle there, uh, fighting for those last few spots uh, on both sides of the uh, in the conferences. So this game is important because you guys want to stay where you're at, uh, in the five mm-hmm. seed, uh, and everything. Yep. It's like I don't know if you're gonna be able to catch Baltimore, uh, for the division, yeah. but you can definitely hang on to your spot. Uh, in the playoffs and the Bears need this if they even wanna. Cause I think if we lose this weekend, we're done. As far as any, any, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a long shot at best right now to make the playoffs. But if we lose this weekend, we're done. We're done. So we, it's like, it's, we're in playoff mode now. We have to win. We don't need to win. We have to, we absolutely have to keep winning. You guys, you know, don't want to. You can maybe afford to lose one or one game in in this next month, but I don't think this is the one that you want to lose. So, you no, know, it's not.
0: Uh, yeah, it's not. You know, it, it was funny because uh, we actually would talk. You know, it's crazy the Jazz with a game that I didn't think it would get. Right, uh, that yeah, was yeah. a big win. But you know, what I mean, you, you know, you know, you, you're you're in the AFC. Just like get, just get me the ten wins. Just give me the ten wins. Right, and then you're like that. That ends the season. We we'll all do respect to you guys, but. You're you know, the Browns have beaten um uh at their eight wins, six of them are, are against teams above five hundred. Uh that's more than any other team in the league. So, yeah. you know, I mean uh so you know, you look at the schedule, I remember a couple of weeks ago we were saying, you know, just win one next three and then you have the Bears, the Jets, and the Bengals on the schedule. Right. Just win those three games and win a couple of these other games, and then you're in the playoffs for sure. And so um, now we're at 8-5, the goals we can win. So, just, so you know, I mean, so if we do lose, margin of error does get smaller. Yeah. But with this, man, with this AFC, man, this AFC is insane. I, I, I feel more comfortable with 11 wins. Right. No, for win. sure. Honestly.
1: For sure. I mean, just, like I said, right now. The 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 Steelers and the and the Colts are in it right now at seven and six. Yeah. But there are four teams below them, yeah. also at seven and six, which means there could be a lot of leapfrogging and hurdling going on. If you yeah. lose a game and somebody that you're tied with yeah. wins one, now they're ahead of you, uh, and all It's like never mind tiebreakers uh, and all that kind of stuff. When their record is better yeah. than yours, they're ahead of you. Period. So, but yeah, you guys got yeah. you got us this weekend. You got the Texans on the road. Next weekend, mm-hmm. the Texans have been really good at home this year. Then you got the Jets, and then you finish with the uh, with the Bengals. So yeah, if uh, if you can afford to lose one, I don't think this is the one. You guys need to win this game.
0: Well, maybe it is because you guys are an NFC opponent, though. So, as far as tiebreakers. yeah, you know you're right. Actually, um, you're losing, right losing to you guys, losing to you guys would literally kill none of our tiebreakers. We are pretty um we're pretty set on these tiebreakers right now. That's, right. that's also positive. Like, we have a lot. Of, like, if, and here's another tiebreaker for you. Uh, if you take a little glance at the uh, Baltimore Ravens schedule, mm-hmm. um, if the Browns and the Ravens were to end with the same record, uh, the Browns would win the division. Um, so, um, we're two games behind the Ravens. That would mean the Ravens would lose twice at least. Um, but the Browns and the Ravens were to end with the same record. The Browns were actually the Browns have enough tiebreakers to actually beat out the Ravens. So you know, I mean, so I'm not, and they have a lot of tiebreakers. Of a lot of those teams behind us, we beat the Steelers, we beat the Colts, yeah, um, we beat the Bengals, right? Um, so, so, so we, so we have the advantage over those teams right now. So we kind of control on destiny. So I mean, we're in a very good spot right now. But as a Browns fan who's seen nothing but misery for pretty much his entire life, like, for example, the Browns went out, they went 12 games. If the Browns went out, they went 12 games, right? There has literally been, there has literally never been a moment in my entire life that the Browns won 12 games.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not old enough, Thomas, because I grew up watching the Browns win 12 games with. Marty Schottenheimer and Bernie Kosar and uh, you know and guys like that in the uh, in the the late half of the '80s when they had those epic AFC Championship games with the uh, with the Broncos that was uh, eight and nine year old Larry watching those games. That's how I grew you up know, watching the NFL. You know
0: what's crazy about that? You know what's crazy about that is that it's not like I'm. I mean, like I'm not old at all. Right. I'm, not, I mean, I'm. I'm young, but I'm not that young. I turned thirty in February. Right, (laughs) like it's not like I haven't. It's not like I haven't been on Earth long enough to at least be an adult. Like I turned thirty in February. Right, he's telling me thirty years. Y'all could win twelve games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, they only won eleven games once. Yeah,
1: they got close, and what was it, twenty twenty? They went eleven and five, or something like that. So.
0: That was the most win I've seen in my entire life by my football
1: league. Yeah, well, I mean, at least you didn't start out the way that I did, Thomas, because the very first team that I followed from start to finish, from week one to the end of the season, was the 85 Bears. Wow. Yeah, and the one game that they lost was a Monday night game, which was past my bedtime. So in 1985, I did not see the Bears lose a single football game. Not one. They won every game that I watched them play, including the playoffs and the Super Bowl. And then year two, where I was following the Bears in '86, they went fourteen and two. So oh, talk man. about talk about ruining expectations for a lifetime. Where in the first, <laughs> I watched the Bears play thirty one times, thirty two times in two years. They won. 20, they went twenty nine and three in two seasons in the regular season. That's yeah. They haven't come close to anything like that. I mean, they've had a couple of playoff runs here and there. They went to the Super Bowl back in, in 06 uh, and everything. But watching them not lose a game for an entire season was just awful way to kind of set expectations for the future. Just like, oh, yeah, the Bears are playing. <laughs> they're going to win. Of course, they're going to win every game. And, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that has not happened much over the last decade or, or so, especially since we fired Lovey. So it's just uh, – yeah. It's it's I, I feel your pain, bro. I do.
0: I hey man. Do. Hey, I'm just go, I'm just gonna let you know, like in like in like ten years you are gonna be a Patriots fan, you're gonna be doing a Patriots fan podcast. And a <laughs> Patriots fan gonna be like, Man, for twenty years of my life <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, mean, man,
1: that's the, I mean that's the thing about like being uh being my age. I, I you know, you turn thirty in, in February, I turn forty six in in March, so I'm old enough to mm-hmm. remember what it was like when teams like the Packers and the Patriots were the worst team in the league every single year. Uh, wow. When I was growing up, they were terrible. That was an instant W on the schedule for the Bears twice a year playing against the Green Bay Packers. They were tough games, but we won them all. And aside from the Patriots yeah. going to the Super Bowl to play the Bears in Super Bowl twenty, they were the team drafting at the top of the board every single year uh for the longest time so it's like i saw what it was like for them to be the awful worst team in the league only to watch them you know get Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers or with the patriots they get Brady and all of a sudden they got yeah. two decades of of dominance and they're in the playoffs and going to super bowls and all that kind of stuff yeah. year in and year out it's like i didn't grow up with this it's like what they're going through now this is what i grew up with watching them be mediocre and struggle to make it to the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. This is what I'm used to, or this is what I grew up watching when it came to the, the Packers and the Patriots. Like Even though it was sustained two-decade-long success, it was still weird to me because I grew up watching the Packers be terrible. I grew up watching the Patriots be terrible. So watch them be dominant for 20-plus years, it, was, it never felt right to me. Having them struggle and be losers so far – this season, especially the Patriots, three and ten, uh, right now. But you know, the Packers are six and seven, uh, and everything. Uh, that's what I'm. That's my wheelhouse. That's what I'm used to. Like growing up, that's what makes sense to me, uh, and everything. So that's what's kind of been like. Feels like this has been like a get right year for me as far as the NFL yeah. goes with with the Packers and the Patriots, kind of back at the bottom where I, I grew up uh, watching them live uh, and everything. So. And also, watching the Browns be a playoff team. I grew up, the Browns were in the playoffs every year. They were always one of the better teams uh, in the AFC. So, watching them make playoff runs and be good and get wins on a regular basis, that's what I grew up getting used to.
0: You know you know what's crazy about that? You know what's crazy about that? My father, you know, he became a Bears fan because of those Bears teams. Sure. Dominant Bears teams. But, you know, my father, like, he, um, you know, because he grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. I grew up in Cleveland. but when he was in Youngstown, Ohio, so Youngstown, like, you know, I guess it's not quite Cleveland, you know, so he started rooting for his own team. Uh, he rooted for Bears because not only were they good, but they were a Midwest team. Like, you know, when you're in Ohio, you know, you always feel slighted by the New York, the LA, and the Miami's, right? Sure, sure. So Chicago, like, Chicago, even though it's like one of the biggest cities, you know, in the world, it, never really, it Chicago never feels like New York or L.A. It, right. it just doesn't. It, it just feels like it feels like the Midwest. It's, you guys feel like one of us. Like when right. I'm in Chicago, I feel like I'm still like home. Right. And um, it's just bigger. It's just bigger. That's what it is. It's just big. It's very big. But um, that's why my father fell in love with the Bears because they were a dominant team from the Midwest. <laughs> and that, you know, he kind of stayed loving them for that reason because they were a dominant team from the Midwest, you know. Um, so he, he, he also used Youngstown. He's just like, you know, we don't, we don't you know, we don't we, don't, we don't, we didn't like Cleveland. When we were the Youngstown, <laughs> like, ah, right, whatever. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> if, uh, if the Penguins weren't getting it done at YSU, then uh, there was nothing else going on in that town, right? <laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm not a
0: big Youngstown person. So, so
1: you know I'm, I'm, I don't well because I went to <laughs> uh, I went to western Illinois uh, for college yeah.
0: so Youngstown, yeah.
1: Youngstown State was in our was in our conference so we played Youngstown F- uh, yeah, yeah. We, we played them every single every single year uh, in, uh, in, you know in football and everything and, and I was there oh, I was there the, the, the last year that Jim Trestle was still the head coach before he left for Ohio uh-huh. State.
0: Wow. So yeah. I I was in South State for a year. Um so I so I'm very familiar. I actually I actually seen um Carson Wentz play um when he was uh in That's college. We threw popcorn at him. Yeah, we threw popcorn at him. Um, <laughs> <two plus four. laughs> he threw he threw three touchdowns at us, so I guess, right. I guess we're even. I guess we're even. There <laughs> go. Well, I
1: was. Uh, I don't know if I told you this before, but when I I was in broadcasting when I was in in college, and we did uh-huh. the uh, we did the football games. Uh, we mm-hmm. you know did a student production of the football games, and I was one of I was on the announce team that called Tony Romo's last college football game. Oh wow. Yeah, Eastern oh, Illinois. Wow. Eastern Illinois came to town to play my Leathernecks in the first round of the uh, playoffs, and uh, let's just say that day didn't go well uh, for Tony, <laughs> like at all, bro. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, even though he, he came into uh, he came into town, the fresh one uh, aa Heisman winner, which is the Walter Payton Award uh, in yeah. in, uh, in FCS. Yeah, we mm-hmm. uh, we we beat up on them like 40, 48 to nine was the final score. Uh, in that wow. one, yeah. Romo was uh, he was throwing picks left and right, man. We were all over that cat all day long. It was so much fun.
0: I well, found like classic Tony Romo throwing picks left and
1: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, but uh, Thomas, yeah. this
1: has been uh, it's been great, man. Uh, love having you uh, on. How do you uh, what do you think is going to happen uh, on Sunday? You think you guys are, are uh, going to be all right enough to, to pull it out?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I do think the Browns do eat it out. Um, I think that home field advantage makes a difference. I thought, I think we were playing your stadium. I think that it might be a different story, but I, I do say I don't think it's going to be a blowout at all. Um, I do think that you guys are going to. In fact, I would be surprised if you guys win. win actually, but um, I do think the Browns eat it out. I think the um, I think the Browns. You know, I'm going to go with. Um, hmm. I don't know. A lot of people are taking it under this game. I'm actually going to take the over because I was looking at the weather, the weather reading, not bad. So I'll go to Browns 24-21 and win by people. Because I do think the Bears are going to score a lot of points. they going to score a couple touchdowns in the game. What's the, uh, what's the line? Um, I believe. Like, um, oh, What's
1: the over-under?
0: Um, I think it's 30-something. Here, let me look it up. I'm going to look at it real, real quick. Okay. I'm going to pull it real quick.
1: Because with the way the Bears defense has been playing, especially these last few weeks, I would probably take the under. Like I was, yeah, every, I was, dude,
0: everybody's taking the under. Yeah, yeah I was the under. I
1: was thinking something like seven, unless there are. I think the the only way we get to twenty four to twenty one is with defensive touchdowns, or maybe even a special teams touchdown throw in there somewhere. But if it's if it's all offenses, I am thinking something like 17-13 is probably going to be the final score in in this one. Let's see. So I I think that would probably be the under. Let
0: me check real quick. Why Man, come on. I got, oh, I my. show,
1: Yahoo Sports shows 38 and a half.
0: Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows taking under on that. Um, uh, you know, I'm keen. Hmm. You know, I, I really don't know, man. I, I really don't know what I'm going to get, honestly. So I'm not going to. I want to stay away from over under, but I'm going to take the Browns money line. The Browns can you know, get up. Yeah, thirty eight and a half is what I got. Uh, Browns a three point favorites. Right. Um. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, I might do that. I might take those points on the Bears though. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think. I think. I think. I think the game is still. Well, if the Bears lose by a field goal, see, I'm kind of new to that angle. <laughs> right. <laughs> it right. just became legal in Ohio. So if the Bears lose by three and I took the three points, would I
1: win? I, you know what, dude? I've I've never really understood that whole thing yeah, about know you, know, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know what the what the line is or how that works or anything. I've I've always stayed away from that. Over under makes yeah. sense to me. But plus six, minus six, you always lose me when you start talking about that stuff. it it's like I Yeah, me too. I, oh, yeah, I don't know too. what that look, means. Look, but
0: whatever. Look 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 look, I'm not I'm not the I'm not the biggest better in the world. I just do it here and there when I'm doing I like doing football best, but you do, I don't you'd be you'd be surprised how little money I put down. Like it's like literally probably like ten bucks a week if even right. <laughs> Yeah, it's not anything it's not anything I, it's not anything. Well, you know, I've,
1: I've thought about playing those, uh, those like same game parlays, but that feels like, uh, you know, that feels like the first snort of meth to me. Like if I do it once and I win, then I'm not going to be able to stop doing it. And then I'm going to have a problem. So like, I'm just not, going, to I'm just not going to start, you know, I'm just not going to start. I was like, I'll just be like, yeah, I probably could have won a bet like that, but you know, that that would have put the monkey on my back. The next thing I know I'm betting five, six parlays trying to win back the money I <laughs> lost last weekend and, and things like that. Like, nah bro, I'm good. I'll leave the I'll leave the betting to the folks that uh can either afford it or uh you know can't live without it kind of thing. It's like I'm not gonna be uh I can't do it. I can't. I'd love to, but yeah, I can't. Yeah. So it's all about being smart, honestly. It's all about being smart. Yeah. For real. Uh, I like that. Yeah. All right. right. Well smart. Thomas Yeah we' probably. Appreciate having you on man and uh, looking forward to the game uh, on Sunday and how it affects the, uh, the future for the rest of the, uh, for the rest of the season uh, for the, for the Browns and for the bears to see how it all uh, unfolds and uh, tell the people where they can uh, keep up with you in the, uh, in the meantime.
0: Yeah. um, You guys can follow me on, um, on TikTok is where I got my biggest following on Thomas J network. Um, we talk sports in there. Um you can also check out my podcast with Cal. Uh we will be filming soon. Um the Battle of Ohio Podcast. Um you can find that. Uh he asked, we actually have the channel, we actually have the podcast on Cal's channel. It's at Cal Phelps. So um check us out there. Or you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter you want to tweet at me if you like if you didn't like anything I said, you always tweet at me at uh T underscore star ninety four, and that's also my Instagram. That's also my Instagram handle. Right, you. and
1: and since we we had to uh, cut off the uh, cut off the uh, the the Streamyard uh, audio, and we had to do this over the phone. Thomas has my number now, and he says he will be live texting me during the game so that should be interesting uh depending on how the game is going so stay tuned for updates on how the text exchange goes uh on the on the review episode on monday so we'll see how that goes thomas (laughs) thanks so much for coming on the show man we'll see you again real soon no problem Thomas Stargell from the Battle of Ohio podcast. Uh, Love uh, having him on. Uh, You know, very energetic guy. Very passionate about his team, too, which is commendable. Um, You know, he really loves his Browns, and uh, he's very excited about this game uh, on Sunday. He he about talked my ear off before we started recording uh, about how much he was looking forward to this. He says his dad's uh, a big Bears fan uh, as well. So it's a divided household, if you will. I think he said... They're going to this one together uh, in Cleveland, so that should be interesting. And uh, as you guys heard me say at the end of the uh, the end of the interview, because we had to switch over to the phone just to be able to conduct the interview uh, tonight, that uh, he'll be live texting me uh, during the game, which means he'll be texting me from the stadium, which is bananas. But we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes, and I'll report that to you guys uh, during the review episode on Monday. So keys to the game. Let's go ahead and get this bad boy wrapped up. And first key that we have, you know, with the defenses on both sides playing as well as they are, or especially the Browns have been playing this well all season, banged up or not. This was a team that last week forced four turnovers against the uh, Jaguars, three interceptions of, uh, of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, was able to turn those into points uh, last week. The Bears are going, number one, minimize the mistakes. We, we can't afford to do that against the Browns uh, this week. You, we, we can't afford to have, I mean, we, we managed to not turn the ball over at all against the Lions and look how that well, how, went, how well that went. We need to have a repeat report, performance of that this week uh, against the Browns. Uh, we don't want to minimize the turnovers. We want to eliminate them, period. We want to minimize the penalties, eliminate the turnovers. That cannot happen uh, this week against this uh, against this football team. So the offensive line really needs to be on it with the holding penalties and things like that, and uh, Justin and company need to protect the football. Uh, no leaving the ball hanging out there. Always be aware of where you are on the field. Somebody sneaking up on you. Uh, kind of thing, you just uh, got to have that uh, that instinct to uh, protect yourself and the football uh, at all times. And uh, speaking about that, you know, the is, as I was saying, you know, playing so well, points are likely to be at a premium uh, this week. You guys heard me and Thomas talking about what we think the scores uh, are going to be. Like, I really feel confident in the 17-13 to 13 area unless, like I said, there are defensive touchdowns that get thrown in there, then it could inflate the score like it did against Jacksonville um, where, you know, it's like offensively the offense did not drive down the field to score 31 points. The, the offense had extra opportunities with the football because of the, uh, of the turnovers. So we want to avoid that at all costs. But when the bears have the football, if we manage to get it into the red zone, we got to close because that's the one thing the Browns are actually not good at on defense is they are 28th in red zone defense, allowing a touchdown 67.6% of the time, which means that just a little bit over two out of every three trips to the red zone, they give up a touchdown. So when we get into the red zone, we have to be aggressive and go for the end zone because the Browns, you know, the few times that they are in the red zone, they fold. You get them in there, you're, you've got a two out of three chance of scoring a touchdown. So when we get in the red zone, if we're lucky enough to get there, we got to close. we got to put the ball in the end zone, period. And then um, more, more specifically, we have to be productive on first and second down on offense this week because the Browns are number one in the league. In third down uh, conversions this season, and in, in as far as allowing them, they only allow a first down on third down twenty nine percent of the time. I think I mentioned that at the start of the interview with Thomas. So we need to be in third and five or fewer to increase our chance of success. If we're if we're constantly in there, third and eight, third and twelve, you know that's where the the minimizing penalties. Thing really comes in not having to start with first and fifteen or first and twenty because of a holding penalty and things like that. We need to be productive on first and second down, so we're dealing with you know third and four, third and two, third and one, as opposed to third and eight, third and nine, third and ten. God forbid uh, to increase our options, our ability to convert uh, on third down because the Browns are the stingiest league team in the league on third down so 29 percent of the time they allow a, a third down uh conversion which is three out of every 10 tries and if and if you you know keep your eye on stats like i like to uh at the end of football games three out of 10 could be an entire football game and that is not a good conversion rate you want to be at about anywhere from like 40 to 50 uh percent that would be considered a good game on third down Three out of ten that's a bad game, you probably lost, so you know, so be productive on first and second down to uh, minimize what it was what it is we need to do to convert on third. We need to close the deal in the red zone because the that 's the one thing the browns aren 't good at on defense, allowing a touchdown sixty seven percent of the time, and we need to minimize penalties and eliminate turnovers in this football game we don't want to keep giving the ball back uh, to the uh, to the Browns. So, because if if it's Flacco that's out there, he's a wily veteran uh, with Njoku, with Amari Cooper, even with banged up Jerome Ford and and Kareem Hunt. They're still, you know, they have talent. They haven't been that productive points-wise, but they have the talent to blow this thing wide open if we're not careful. So, we can't let this thing get away from us. We need to be the one inflicting the mistakes, enforcing the mistakes, making them pay for the mistakes, as opposed to having it done to us the other way around. So There you got it, guys. That is going to do it for the Week 15 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back on Monday when you will hear how the text exchange between myself and Thomas went. Was it good? Are the Bears still alive in the playoff race? Did we clear that first hurdle uh, You know, with the other three yet to come with Arizona, Atlanta, and Green Bay to finish out the year? Come back on Monday and find out How it all went down, and until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground.